Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. play-by-play so first you're going to get the case history so which means you're going to interview the parents and i want to see what is your child's strength like basic things okay can they crawl towards you do they give you eye contact if you say uh bob you know does he look or does he know his name like things like that so that's Mm -hmm. giving me an idea of what level they're on because if they're like no 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 then i'm like okay they're not Chinese like the right terms like they're not they're like real well below the functioning like typical developing two and a half year old so now I know where to start so before I can even start on like the B sound which is one of the beginning sounds that you would work on like buh like I'm gonna have to start at like just making sure you can just even you know interact with me are you playing appropriately if I give you a car are you gonna go like this are you just gonna throw it at me Okay. You know, so okay. just basically just using like two and a half year old items and just seeing how they interact, seeing what their strengths are and how we can expand what they're really good at. Mm-hmm. So that could be. everybody it's your boy back again with another episode of big boss talk the podcast listen um the, today is like no other day no other podcast we got another top tier guest um this guest you know when i was reading off everything that she sent me um as far as like her career slash her job i was like i was so intrigued because she's a recommendation so um i was intrigued because i've heard about this profession never really talked to anybody that does it i think it's awesome that you know she has the gift to be able to you know, help people along their journey. Um, I don't want to give too much. I I, I just want to kind of introduce in the beginning. But uh, let me read off who I got. So uh, I have Jaya Washington, age 27. Her career, she's a speech language pathologist. All right. College degree. Um, her degree is in speech language pathology and audio audiology. Ooh, that's a lot. All right. So years in the profession, she said new, this is new for. Um, how new is it? I literally just got my master's <laughs> so that's why I wanted to say like I've worked in my field but because I just got my master's I like to say like well this is my first year in my career yeah like, okay okay cool well listen I'm class of 2022 that's what's up that's what's up well listen y'all already heard her so JSA what's up to the podcast Hey guys, what's going on? So listen, we it wouldn't be big boss talk. Obviously, we always do two truths and a lie. I can't wait to really get this lie. I hope. Listen, I don't know, guys. I don't know some of these guests from panic, panic paint, well, can of paint, whatever. But we're gonna try to get this lie. So let me, let me, let me, let me see. Okay, so I these are my three statements. First was I started off college as a chemical engineering major. I have worked in six different states, and I was a cheerleader for eighteen years. Jeez, um, I already know the last one true. 
you know, I try to do my research on my guests. You know, I, I see that you went to the state, was a bulldog. Um, so I, know, I feel like that's true. Um, you worked in six different states, you said? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Six different states. Um, then the original one, you went to college to be chemical engineer? Engineering. Chem chemical engineer. Mm. Oh. I'm going to say the... I'm going to say the six states is the lie. I'm going to say you probably did go to school for chemical engineer, and you probably got some story on how that even changed to what you are working in now. So I'm going to say the six states is a lie. No, the chemical engineering is lie. I actually have worked in six different states. What? <laughs> Man, how, what states? Like, how you how you work? How did it work out? Like, how you work in six so different states? So um, I was, I actually... Well, as a speech therapist, I was a speech therapist assistant. So that's what we call it when you have your bachelor's. And I was okay. working for a contracting agency. So as a contractor, I was traveling. So I worked in Washington State, like Seattle. Mm -hmm. I worked in Maryland. I worked in Massachusetts. I worked in Pennsylvania. I worked in New Jersey. And I worked in South Carolina. But that's crazy. So you was kind of like <laughs> a traveling nurse, but traveling. Yeah, pretty much. So I've worked in six different states since 2017. Okay, that's what's up. What's your favorite that you worked in so far? Like my favorite state? We need, we need I would probably say, I would probably say when I worked like closest to home, cause I live in New Jersey. So I think being like in the tri-state area, like the Philadelphia, New Jersey area. Words. Are you so. from, you from New Jersey? Yes. I'm get... currently here too. Like I'm from here and I live here. <laughs> How you get to South Carolina State though? My mom and my dad went to state. My mom is from South Carolina, so I have a lot of family down there. Oh, okay, did you go to okay. state? Huh? Did you go to state? Me? No, 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 no. I, oh, I just okay. so like I said, when I try to get guests, I try to because I, I like to ask questions pertaining to you know kind of guest lifestyle so i always try to look and see what they into what they like and then i just saw that you went to uh state and i'm from south carolina so i know a lot of people that went to state uh right uh know a lot of people that went to state um almost well i actually signed to state on signing day but that's a whole story in itself i didn't end up going um end up going to a different school so i would have been a, a a bulldog but it did it didn't happen um but you know i'm, I'm just trying to connect the dots because you say new jersey to South Carolina State, I'm like, it's so many schools before you get to South Carolina State, so it's kind of crazy. Um, You'd be surprised. There's a lot of people that go to, well, it's the HBCU, so it's right. always people from all over that want to go. That's what's up. That's what's up. And then uh, you said, oh, you've been cheerleading for 18 years. How, what, like, when did you, um, like, what did the love for cheerleading? I started cheerleading. Yes, so I've been doing, well, I was doing cheerleading and gymnastics pretty much my whole life since I was three years old. Okay. And then I just cheered through my whole life. So elementary, middle school, I cheered all through varsity, high school, and then I went to state and cheered all four years. So my whole life until basically I graduated college. Man. And then, yeah. Tell these fellas. Secret, I did try out for the Sixers cheerleaders, but then I only made it to the third round. So I was like... Maybe one day I might go back. <laughs> that's cold. Third round, that's something good. To, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's pretty deep, right? Uh, I know, but I didn't make it, so it's, I'm nah, shamed. <laughs> nah, 
Don't hide, man. Don't hide. Maybe one day I'll be an NBA cheerleader. That's the goal. That'd, that'd be dope, man. Um, for real. But uh, tell people how hard it is to actually be a cheerleader. Like, cause I'm pretty sure, like, in like middle school, <laughs> high school, I was I was definitely one of those people. Like, this is not a sport. But then, oh my god! But then I grew up. I wised up, and I was like, "Nah, y'all cutting these flips, and y'all like working out, running, like it's a whole. Especially if you compete, it's a compete. very athletic, it's a very athletic thing. Like definitely, people just I think people see like just like the dancing and the stomp shake, and they're like, "Okay, what is this?" But then when they see like us throwing people in the air and catching people and tumbling, they're like, "Whoa, that is like some extreme stuff." So it takes a lot. Trust me. Five, four years of five a.m. practices, traveling with the band, the football team, and you know people don't even realize some like big D one schools give full rides to cheerleaders. So it's like it's definitely something that you know you can go to school for free for. Man, <laughs> listen, trust me. I know. I, I um I know some people that went to cheer went cheering and they dedicated their time in college. The cheer and the regiment they was on, like just you know working out, dieting if they had yeah. to, and things of that nature. So like it, it's definitely a sport. Um, I just be I always ask that question because I was always dumb. Like I I, I don't say dumb. I just was ignorant. Yeah, I was ignorant. So it, it's always a little joke when I when I meet children. I'm like, you know, it ain't no sport, but it's really a sport. So uh, you can't play around with it. <laughs> So what I want to do is before we get started, right? I got this uh, kind of like a new segment that I've been starting, but it's called Hot Picks, right? Um, and the biggest thing is just four questions, right? Four questions, um, and it's just a little bit, you know, kind of get to know you a little bit more um, and just kind of understand what you like and things of that nature. So my first question is, you know, I think you already t- maybe told me, but I see you travel a lot. I don't know if that had to do with the job or just anything like that, but it looks like you travel a lot. <laughs> Favorite place to travel, um, and then when you go to this place, what's the number one like? What's the number one food choice that you gotta get? I would say most recently, last this past summer, I went to LA, and it was like I did not want to come home. I was <laughs> like, oh my god, I love it here. It's just so beautiful, yes. and it kind of gives you. I saw something that said LA gives you the vibes of like. You feel like you're on an island, but you're still in America, but then you also are in a big city. So it's weird because it's like, okay, it feels like a city, but it also like you see all these beaches everywhere. So it's like, it kind of gives you both that like feel. Yeah. Um, I was very like, lo- okay, so I had heard people complain about the food in LA. They say it's overpriced, it's bougie. Mm-hmm. They give you these little vegan plates. Right. So I did my research and went to like all the black owned, like, I was literally like in Compton, in Inglewood, like going yep. to all the little spots. I was, and people are like, "Oh, you're wilding, like what?" <laughs> but that's where the good food was that's at. The food so at, yeah. I would say go to like your little local black-owned spots if you do ever go to LA because that's where the food is at, and it's the way cheaper, it's regular prices, yeah. and it's good. Bro, that's you are not lying. I just went to LA for my birthday in March. Um, my wife, my wife gave me a trip to LA. It was dope. Um, and you do get the. I didn't want to come home either. I, I live in Texas, so I'm like Houston. I'm like, I I didn't even want to come home. LA, just the weather. Like I've never felt like just the perfect weather. You know what I'm saying? Not too hot, not too cold. They slide that breeze in there. And then when you in LA, because we was in 
Beverly, like close to Beverly Hills, and so like when you see, mm-hmm. when you're around that type of atmosphere, you like, damn, like it's, it, you know, it feel like money out here. Then you run into maybe see a, a celebrity here and there. So like that was always cool. Um, but you gave me a key. Next time I go, I need to go to Inglewood, Compton, and hit up the food <laughs> spots. The only only place we went is we went to go see Friday, the House for Friday, which somebody's actually living in now. Um, and then we went to uh-huh. Randy's Donuts. You you went to Randy's? No. The holy you ain't been the holy moly donut shop? No. Oh man. Friday so for, you remember I don't know, you watch Friday, uh, I think it might be Friday after the next, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, oh, I know, okay. I'm not, I just didn't I see I'm I like insecure, so that was the house that I stopped at insecure on HBO, so I was like the tourist of that. We saw that we saw that too. And that that's kinda why I was yeah. Yeah. That was made me want to go to like the Inglewood area because I'm like Easter Ray always talks about Inglewood, so let me see what's over here. Yeah. That's but. dope. So we went to go the Dooms. So that was that was pretty cool uh, to go see the mm-hmm. Dooms. Uh, but that's what's up. So we got that. And then number two, the question is, what's your number one travel rule? Like when you're traveling with people, like what's like a non-negotiable or like one of those things <laughs> that every time I travel, like if you travel with me, we. You better have your mind right. Like, what's the rule when traveling? I, I would say have money. I'm a very cheap, and I'm not saying like you gotta come with like thousands of dollars because I'm a very, I'm a. I, it's so funny that you asked this. I literally just posted something like this on my Instagram story. But I'm like a itinerary kind of person. So, okay. like I said, for example, since we're talking about LA, I'm the type of person where I make a whole itinerary of like, okay, these are all the places we're going to visit. These are all the attractions, all the excursions. Like yeah. that's how I am. Okay. So one, you need to be down to like be adventurous, ready to do things, like yeah. you know, have fun. But don't come on some like, oh, I only brought a hundred dollars and you know, then it's like, okay, okay. like I, and I'm talking about what I would expect to happen. I don't really like go on a lot of group trips, gotcha. but maybe it's for that reason. <laughs> like I'm the person like if I don't have it, I'm like, oh, this is not my time to go somewhere. I gotta lay low. But some right. people just still be wanting to go and think that everybody's supposed to sponsor him, and it's like, no, that's not how that works. Oh my god, listen. <laughs> Traveling is definitely you gotta find your your tribe to travel with. Like you gotta, I've I've never traveled in a big group before, but I've seen, you know, I, I, people may have come travel where I lived and they were in a big group, and not necessarily that I was out with them throughout their whole trip, but I can see how you got two different people. Like you want to do this, but they not really trying to feel it. So it's like you could feel the tension. And you can feel like that person is interrupting that trip and like, yeah. well, you shouldn't have came. Like, you know what I mean? So always we'll do that person. Yeah, it's it's a rule when you travel. Now with this itinerary now, you said is there naps involved? Like are, are you going nonstop? Like go when I, when I was in LA, I actually surprisingly took a nap, but I actually hiked the Hollywood sign. So that one, I feel like I was very exhausted. <laughs> but no, like, I like I like to do everything. Like, I oh, want to, wow. like, and I've been to other countries too. So I want to see everything. Yeah. I want to do like ATV riding and cave tube. And these are all things I've done. So I'm just kind of like, there's no sleeping on vacation. Unless we really just did something and we're like, okay, we know we just stayed out. Like when my, me and my sister went to Vegas, we slept for like a whole day because we had literally just been out partying for like yeah. five days straight. So like we just basically just crashed. But no, like it's, we got to be on go. Like sleep when you get home. <laughs> 
See, you gotta let people know that because some people will be like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, we need a nap." You, so that's okay. That's cool. Number three, um, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do? Like your dream, you know, hobby. Maybe it's chilling, not working at all, but just what's if money's not an issue, you could do whatever you want. Um. Okay, things. Okay, I would definitely want to go to Bora Bora. That's like my number one place that I want to go to one day. I want to go to Bora Bora, and I'm I'm one of those people that actually like really loves my career. Okay. <laughs> so I know people are like, I don't want to work, but I'm like, I actually love what I do. So That's I awesome. would probably just take my money and open my own practice, yeah. and then just like hire people under me, and yeah, like I don't know. I probably just like travel and just buy like I love designer handbags. So I probably would get like a whole like walk-in closet just for purses, something like really weird like that. So mm-hmm. it looks like a little boutique. No, 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 no doubt, that's not weird at all. So um, that's pretty cool that you said that. You know, being able to open your own practice and be able to hire people like that's you know pretty dope. Like, cause money's not an issue. Most people they are ambitiously lazy. So like, if you're saying money's not an issue, like. Okay, cool. I'm just going to be lazy, like, you know, moving my own time, moving my own pace, like I'm not working. But there are some people that really enjoy their career. Like, that's what they find their purpose in as far as like, especially in what you do, like you're helping people, you know, like, I don't know what that feeling is like when you work with somebody and, you know, you help them start to articulate, you know what I'm saying? And they start to like, I can do this again. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know what that's like. I'm pretty sure you got, you felt that feeling before. We'll get into it, but that's dope. Um, and then the last question is, what's the must? What's the most underrated thing you have done for yourself? The most underrated thing. So it's something like mm. something like you. I know it's probably a tough question, but something you've done for like yourself that people may not know, but it's helped you tremendously like a hundred times like most underrated you know what i mean um okay so actually it's okay i actually recently just did something so i love i bought this the book woman evolved by sarah jakes roberts Mm -hmm. and um okay i was like i don't know if you're familiar with her and i just like oh my god it's so life-changing and i love it and well, it's like actually not that far from me. I was about to grab it, but I love it. And it really was just like something so small. I'm like, wow, how did this like 200 and something pages just like change? Like the way I think about things and like mm-hmm. in life is just so different. And she just worded things. It was so relatable. And I was yeah. like, I see why everybody's always posting her and going to her speaking events because yeah. it was just really good. So I would say just reading her book and highlighting and taking notes, it was really amazing. So definitely recommend people listening to this to get well, get my books, but then I also get her book, Woman Evolved, so yes. <laughs> that's dope. Okay, cool. So, like, that's that's super, super neat. Like, that book, you know, it's, under, it's so many things that, you know, people do that's underrated. Like, people, like, you tell people some stuff like that, and they be like, oh, you, okay, you read a book. But it's helped you, like, uh, like a, tremendously because it's opened your mind, it's opened your <laughs> thought process. It's helped you think, like you said, think and look at things a lot different. Um, so, that's amazing. I'm glad you were able to do that. Um, and definitely, if you're watching, listening, go get that book. Um, check it out. See if it can do the same thing for you because it's an underrated gem. Uh, so, cool. What we're going to do is I always like to start to, uh, start here when we talk about the conversation piece, right, of, of what we brought. What did you want to be uh, growing up, right? Young, 
young? Like, what was your dream? Was it always to be in this field or was it something else? I honestly, like, I feel like for me, all throughout high school, I never really knew what career I wanted. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I've always wanted to be a doctor or a scientist. And I was just like, I knew I, I had a big personality. I like to talk. I like to be with people. And my mom was the one that was like, you know, you gotta, you should do something with people. Mm. And so she was the one that kind of pushed me into this field. She was like, you like working with kids. You're really creative. I love making things. Yeah. So I think for me, just something that I could just do something that's like fun and interactive. So I just feel like my field is just like perfect for me. That's dope. So I, I guess, would you say that your mom it w- was a big influence in picking this type of career? And, and when did you choose this career? Like, was it high school? Was it college? You know what I'm saying? Like, when did you, I was like... Oh, this is the push. This is where I want to go. Yes. Yeah, so it was my senior year. My mom was a, was a um, special education teacher. So she was mm-hmm. working with children with special needs. And she was like, oh, there's a speech therapist that comes in my classroom. And she does like games and things with the kids. And like, she just reminds me of something that you would love to do. So you should shadow her. So one day I just shadowed her and I was like, wow, I really like what you do. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of what pushed me to go to South Carolina State because they have like a really good speech pathology program. Okay. So I was like, okay, I really like this. And I knew I was like, I didn't really want to be a teacher because I didn't want to have a lot of kids. So I was like, I don't want to be like a nurse or anything because I'm not good with like blood. Like I was like kind of <laughs> And I was like, okay, this is kind of that in the middle because right. it's like you can go to teach in like a nursing home or something like that, but you can also be with like little kids. It's a lot of options with it. So that's yeah. what I love about it. So yeah, pretty much my senior year of high school when I decided like, okay, this is what my major is going to be and this is going to help me decide what college I should go to. Man, that's super dope. Like you were able to, you know, shadow somebody like that's, I think that's one of the most underrated things that, you know, we don't do like through high school. Obviously, you know, we having fun. We just going through high school, going through the motion, being kids. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I, I tend to see people like say they, you know, regret like everybody's story is their story. Like your path to what you do is your path, whether you catch it quick, whether you catch it later, whatever the case may be. I just want to be able to help people not say that. I wish I would have done this. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think shadowing is something that, you know, kids should do at an early age. You know, maybe, you know, 11th grade high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe having some type of class where, you know, you could tell people, this is what I want to do. And then they give you the opportunity or the networks to be able to reach out to those people and just check it out. You know what I'm saying? Not saying you got to do it, but just check it out. What do you know? Have you ever thought about something like that or just because I. you know what I mean? Like, yes, definitely. So I like, I don't, you might, you said you kind of saw my Instagram. I actually have a YouTube channel. And one of the things that I did was I was, well, I was already vlogging when I was at state. Cause I was just showing like my life. And then when I was traveling, working yeah. in all these different States, I was vlogging that. And I started talking about speech pathology and I had a video and it had got like 60,000 views and it was talking about like the pros and cons of speech pathology and so many people reached out to me like oh I love that you're talking about this because like you said in the beginning a lot of people don't know what it is it's not that popular Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't have someone that they know personally in that field so even though I'm like through the internet it was kind of still the feeling of like a mentor and a lot of people would reach out to me like oh how did you get in the field like how did you get into grad school and share my story so that's something that I actually would like kind of love doing also is telling more people about the field and showcasing like through vlogs of me like hands-on doing it so 
Yes, it's definitely something to like network with people that are where you want to be or doing what you like see yourself doing in the future. Yeah, that's the key. And then hopefully, you know, something like this can help. Like obviously people can watch um, a YouTube or listen to a podcast and then they say, oh, she does it. Then they go to your vlog and they follow your, you know, follow you, you know, day in the life. Because I think that's important, you know, especially if, if people are being super transparent, like, you know, this is what it's like. It's not always smiles and giggles. Like this is the bad part. If you're not able to handle the bad part, then maybe you shouldn't do this. You know what I'm saying? Like all yeah. have, like all professions, like, you know, people, when you think about it, they always show the good stuff, but you never really get the bad stuff. And I think people regret that because if they know what they're getting into, they might have a conscious thought of being like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to do that because that's not where I'm at right now. You know what I'm saying? I don't have patience. Um, so that's one of those things. Cool. So. Yeah. How did so we talk about um, finding the career? Obviously, a big point, a uh, big part of that was your mom pushing you to kind of shadow um, someone, and it kind of just clicked for you. Then, I already kind of figured why you chose South Carolina State is because of your mom and dad. You know, they went to state. Um, but what was your HBCU experience like? You know, do you obviously nobody ever. Any HBCU student, they never regret it. So I, I'm not going to ask them, why, would you regret it? But what was that experience like going to an HBCU like South Carolina State, coming from Jersey to freaking Orangeburg? Because that's different. Culture shock. <laughs> the bird. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy because I literally just moved from Orangeburg last month. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um. Because I feel that, like, literally, I've been back in New Jersey for, like, a month now. So, um, I loved it. I think the thing about, I feel, okay, especially because I, okay, this is my biggest comparison because I went there for undergrad and graduate school and right. it took a four-year gap. When you're an undergrad, there's so much going on. Like, especially for me, like, I was in a sorority. I cheered. Mm. You know, I did so many things. So, it was like, I was never bored. And it's always, like, cookouts and, oh, there's a meltdown. There's this, there's this, there's this. So, it's like, you forget that you're in Orangeburg. Like, you know? Yeah. So, I loved it. And it's just like, we're just like one big family. One big messy family. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. And it was small. So, it's like. Everybody kind of knows everyone, but then there's still a lot of random people that you don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I love that it's just like, it's like you have so many traditions. Like, you know, you have your like, oh, every Wednesday, you know, everyone's going to be in the cafe. It's fried chicken Wednesday. Or, you know, yeah. oh, it's Saturday. We got a, a home game. Like, it's a lot of traditions that you build. Yeah. And I love that. Man, that's dope. Like, uh, my, um, one of my cousins, like, my my cousin's aunt, but she's like my aunt. Like, her whole little group, they went to South Carolina State. And I see them at homecomings every year like you know they like 35 and up and so they still rocking and rolling at the you know at the uh the the homecomings and it just shows the pride and just the the family environment because being in a place like orangeburg because it's so small i'm pretty sure you have to create your own fun your own events yeah. and then just going to those parties is like because you're kind of in the hood too now don't don't get it twisted i don't want anybody that's listening to think that orangeburg you kind of in the hood so it's like some of these parties you got to have a group of people like all right when it's time to go it's time to go and i need y'all to be with me on one accord so uh i think that's that's super dope um uh, the hbcu experience that's one of my like if i had a regret 
That's one of them. It's just, I wish I would have went to an HBCU. I was going to ask you that, but I feel like you're the one asking the question. <laughs> you can't, no, 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 no. It's an open, it's an open conversation. So you can ask me what, what. what oh, what? see, I'm like, okay. No, nah, it's an open conversation. <laughs> I was going to ask you what college you went to in the beginning when you said something about college. So cool. So the, I went to North Greenville University, so I'm not sure if you ever heard of it. No, it's in Greenville. Like, so it's. I'm Greenville, and then there's Tigerville. Tigerville is the middle of nowhere, okay? Um, I'm in okay, the woods. I've heard of Tigerville. I've heard of Greenville. Yeah, everybody. Like, if you're from South Carolina, I mean, I mean, if you've been in South Carolina, you probably know, heard of Greenville, but North Greenville University, I only went there because of school, uh, with ball, the school. But I went there to play football. Um, small school, really enjoyed it. It's a Christian school. So I come from a different environment. So I was in a, a big culture shock. If it wasn't for the football team, I don't know. I probably would have been transferred to somewhere like USC, Columbia. You know what I mean? Like, would have did something like that. But it was the football team, and then it was the people that I met on campus. You know, good people, um, great people to kind of uh, get to know. But the rules and just the the bubble that they keep those students in is crazy because a lot of those students come from a sheltered home. And so you can tell, you know, you know what I mean? Like the football, yeah. the football team, we're trying to go out. We sneaking, trying to go out, parties. We going to Clemson, Furman. We just trying to get out. But a lot of those kids are just, they stayed on campus. They never really did anything, you know, outside of the box. So that's pretty much it. But I wish I wouldn't have went to uh, South Carolina State, though. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, I would have probably gotten too much trouble. So I'm glad I didn't go. Um, yeah, <laughs> easy. But yeah, so cool. We're gonna move forward. So we got the HBCU experience, which was great. Glad you loved it. Um, coming from you know Jersey, what's the? I, I do want to ask, what's the difference? Like, what's the culture difference from coming from the bird to coming back to Jersey? Like, what do you miss more? Did you miss Jersey more? Or do you miss Orange Bird? Um, I think to me. Probably the thing with me, like, the one thing I do like about New I mean, I've lived here my whole life, right. so it's a little different. I'm, like, I'm actually, like, in the presence of, like, moving in two months. Okay. But I know. I'm, I moved too much. You're probably like, girl, again. <laughs> nah, you good. I just but um, I think, like, the thing about, okay, like, fun fact, New Jersey is the, the fifth smallest state in America. So people don't realize, and it's the number one most overpopulated state. So New Jersey's like this big. South Carolina yeah. is like this big. <laughs> it's like crazy. huge. Yeah. So like how you said Greenville is like could be three and a half hours away from like Columbia or Andre. Like that don't happen in New Jersey. Like if you drive three hours, you're like no longer in the state. Okay. Oh like you God. can go from the top to the bottom in like two and a half hours like literally go through the whole state yeah. so i think to me like i like that it's small because there's everything is just right there like the whole state is like 30 minutes from the beach like gotcha. that's why they had that show like jersey shore and it's yeah. also i like that you're like like it's suburbs but you're close to major cities yep. so it's like i can get where i live right now i can get to new york city in like an hour and a half and i can like get to philadelphia in like 20 minutes but i can also get to dc in like two hours but i can also get to baltimore in two hours yeah. so it's like you're like you know you're in this little bubble but you're so close to everything so i like that being in orangeburg and i was just there this past year like i said i just left orangeburg in may yeah it's like i'm like there and i'm like oh my god i have to drive like 
50 minutes to go to the mall. Like, I have to drive an hour to Charleston to go to everything. Like, I can't even go to, like, Hobby Lobby or nothing. Like, it was a lot. And, like, that's the one thing I've kind of learned about South Carolina. It's like, if you're not in, like, Columbia or Charleston or, like, the upstate area, you kind of just stuck a little bit. (laughs) So, it's hard. It's a lot of driving to, like, just one little store that you like. For sure. That's that is that is a fact. Okay, cool. So, not, yeah, I don't know what part of South Carolina you're from. Rock so. Hill, South Carolina. So, okay. So like Rock Hill's nice. Like it has a lot of stores and stuff, so you don't really have that issue. But like when you be in these really rural areas, they'd be like, Oh no, we gotta drive an hour to Charleston to like do anything. I'm like, Oh my god. Yeah. You can't really do that in New Jersey because even the rural areas, it's like they have rural areas, but then they're still like 20 minutes from the mall because it's such a small state. Like you can't have that much ruralness for that long. Yeah, it, it's it's small for sure. Like Orangeburg is just one of those places that it's like, and it's like, I don't, I don't even know. It's like awkwardly placed, but hey, people, that's where South Carolina State is at. Um, that's where Claflin's at. HBCUs, you know, really known HBCUs are there. And so, you know, it makes sense, right? Um, obviously, being a black school, like, that's probably where black people, you know, migrated to, like, that small area. But uh, that's dope. So, you graduated. Um, once you graduated, tell me about your experience. Where did you, you know, have a job automatically coming out of school? Did you have to kind of pace yourself a little bit? Or did you just automatically jump back into school um, and just kind of start there? So I was actually one of those people that graduated and the next day was just like crying, like, okay, what do I do next? Because I did not get into grad school. I applied to like three schools, didn't get in. Mm. And I just was like, I literally just went to go work at the mall. I was like, okay, I have a whole bachelor's degree. Like, what am I going to do? And it took a couple months. And of course, like I started to get things in my field. I started like doing like behavior therapy and working with kids. And then it was finally like, I was literally just randomly on Indeed applying to jobs. I was like, I got to figure something out. And the one job, you know, when you're just applying, applying, and it's like, I'm going to like turn the light on. Go ahead. You can turn it on. Hold on. I'm like, you might not be able to see me in a minute. A little bit. Not really. I used to have a lamp right here. It's not, it's not bad. It, it, it actually works. Okay. Look, I said I'm in process of moving again. <laughs> but the crazy story is I was on Indeed and literally like the next day a job emailed me and they're like, hey, you have to be like a speech pathologist assistant at an elementary school. And I was like, oh my God, yes, this is my answer. And they're like, oh, I want you to know it's in Pasco, Washington. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and when you tell people Washington, the first thing they think is DC. They don't right. think like, no, like it's the West Coast, the other side of the country. And I was like super scared. And it was my dad. Now it's my dad that's motivated. He's like, you should do it. Like, you know, and that to me was a bigger culture shock. Like at least New Jersey is diverse. At least South Carolina is diverse. <laughs> Washington, on the other hand, once you go past like Nebraska, all these other states, you don't see a lot of people that look like us. <laughs> so it's it was interesting, but I took it and I was only 22 and I just went and I went to go live out there by myself to work at a school. And then from there, I just kept getting jobs and stayed with that company and just kept traveling with that company. So that was my story. So this, this, 
the moral of the story is you have to be patient. What's meant for you will be meant for you. And through that four years, that's where I worked in all different states. And I was really having a hard time getting into grad school. And then finally, I was like, you know what? Let me just go back to state. And I did get into it. Eventually, I did get into other schools. But I just was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to state because it's where I'm comfortable. I already know the professors. And they have a really good program. It's accredited. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's well known. Yeah. And yeah, now I'm finished. <laughs> so we finished. Okay. So, I mean, that's a story. I mean, that's a common story, right? We talk about um, graduating college. You know, we expect to, you know, obviously, like, look, I don't put in my time. I need this job ASAP. Like, yeah. trying to we get- all want this, like, six-figure job at the end of, like, you know. But yeah. it's like, in reality, that's just not always going to happen. And I think that we see that so much on social media. We see this person like, oh, my God, I just, I'm working for Microsoft. I'm working for Amazon. I'm working for all yeah. these companies. You're like, oh, I'm just you know doing nothing but you can't compare your journey to other people mm-hmm. and that's something that i really have learned over the years man that's a gem i mean because you i mean you went through a series of rejections as far as like trying to get into grad school then you know when you first got out i'm i don't know if you've you know was it a I don't know, were you depressed at the time where you, you know, you wasn't getting jobs, right? Because that's a big thing as far as yeah. like mentally, you know, handling handling that type of rejection because all your life you've been told like, go to school, do your thing. And then after you graduate, you know, you get a job, but it didn't work out like that in the time that you wanted it to. Um, and so I always want to highlight those things because it happens to a lot of college students, like, you know, rejection, not getting a job, as soon as you get out, but it's like, you don't want to sit on your butt that, that time, you know, you want to kind of keep working, keep yourself actively doing, you know, doing things to, to get paid. So what did you learn about yourself, um, in that time frame of just not, um, obviously not having a job in your career field, um, and just what made you stay motivated to keep applying, 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 because some people phase out a little bit. Yeah, and there was moments where I considered going into other career fields, but I think, like, when I say I'm passionate about my career, like, I really am passionate, and I think it was, like, even when I lived in Washington, I'm not gonna lie, I was not, I didn't really have a good time, because it was just so different, I was so far from, like, I had no family, no friends, like, nobody, but the one thing I loved was I loved going to work every day, so that was, like, the one thing that kept me motivated of being there, even though I'm like, oh my I would call my mom like, mom, I'm in Target and I'm the only black person in this entire Target. Like, this is not okay. Like, and then this was like the year when the Get Out movie, like, I literally went with somebody to go see that movie, like, while I'm living, I'm like, oh my God, this is how I feel like every day being here. You know, like, so it was just interesting to me. So I would definitely say, like, just seeing, like, how you talked about it earlier, like, that impact that I had on kids, like, and working with, like, children with all different types of needs and nonverbal children, all that. And they, like, I had such a good bond with them. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Like, God wants me to be in this field. So no matter, like, what I have to go through, I know it's going to be worth it. Yeah. So I think that's what kept me motivated. And then, of course, like, I realized, like, you can still do other things. Like, I love, like, blogging and all that other stuff. So it's like, you know, it's not yeah. to sell. You can just only have one career, and that's it. Right. You got to be creative. Um, I've been put in places, been in places like that. I, I would say living, you know, going to... For me, I think a situation like that would be, you know, Greenville. Even though Greenville's like it's not it's diverse. I would say the college I went to made me feel like that. It wasn't a lot of us, you know what I'm saying? I was, you know, we it was mm-hmm. not too many um black people there. And if they were, they just played sports, right? And so that feeling of just trying to blend in, be accepted, you know what I'm saying? 
Um, you go through all of that, and then it's just like, but you're there for a reason. And I think I was there because of the relationships that I was able to build and the friends that came out of it. You know what I'm saying? I still have two of my college roommates to this day. Like, we're super tight. They about to be dads. You know what I'm saying? Like, they about to have their first kids. So just being able to see that journey and be able to, you know, watch them. You know, I take that, you know, I would have never got that relationship, those relationships without going to that school. So that's one of those things that I'm appreciative for. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I had to go, you know, and pick up on my journey, right? I had to go pick up those relationships because I know later in life, you know, I'm, I'm going to need them. They might need me. And we're just going to always be there for each other and rock with each other. So everything you do uh, definitely has a purpose. And I think you just got to find the silver lining and everything. Um, so talk to me about what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Like how, did, how, you know, if I came to you, can't talk. You know, I I don't I'm not I'm trying I, I shouldn't be laughing like this is serious like this is a serious thing. But I, what I'm saying is is <laughs> if I had a, a I guess an ailment or just I wasn't able to talk or you know what type of patients do you see? Okay, so for me, I'm going into more of like school home based clients, okay. so. Typically, like everyone I see is going to be probably under the age of eight. Okay. <laughs> like okay. I'm going to like Got I it. like school eight. So okay. like pretty, um, pretty much like preschool. And let's say if I have. Oh, actually. OK, so actually I have a client that I'm about to start working with next week, a two and a half year old. So a toddler. OK. And, you know, at two, you, you should be saying things like, oh, mom, dad, I want this like. Two and a half, you're about to be three. Yeah. So this two and a half year old can't do those things. It. So it would basically be me kind of like using different toys and just kind of using different ways for them to communicate. It might be a device. Um, I worked with an eight-year-old nonverbal autistic child for three years. Mm. Um, like he just didn't talk, but he was so smart and could understand everything right. Like, you know, and he had an iPad, a device. So it's basically just finding ways of communication. Um, and sometimes it is, like you said, Arctic earlier, like kind of they might not be able to pronounce like S or T or one of those sounds. So just doing like different therapy methods. And I'm really creative. So sometimes I'll create games. I'll create different little projects, activities for them. And I just right. like for everything to be really hands-on. And yeah, we're going to get on the floor. We're going to go outside and play. My little eight-year-old, we used to go outside and just walk around his neighborhood and just yeah. point to different things and... So it's a very interactive job, and I love it. That's cool. Okay, so I'm uh, I'm a toddler, so we we're gonna do like a little, you know, just take me through like a session, right? I'm two years old. Um, I can't, you know, I I'm not speaking how I'm supposed to speak right now. I'm not saying things that I need to be saying. I my parents they come holler at you like, hey, you know, my kid he's not developing at the right rate. Da da da, da like what do you do like are you trying to get to know me are you what's the first thing that you're gonna do like if i'm in your care what's the first thing that you would do okay so let me take you through like a step-by-step play-by-play so first you're gonna get the case history so which means you're gonna interview the parents and i want to see what is your child's strength like basic things okay can they crawl towards you do they give you eye contact right. if you say uh Bob, you know, does he look or does he know his name? Like things like that. So that's giving me an idea of what level they're on because if they're like, no, 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 then I'm like, okay, they're not 
I'm trying to use like the right terms. Like they're not, they're like real well below the functioning, like yep. typical developing two and a half year old. So now I know where to start. So before I can even start on like the B sound, which is one of the beginning sounds that you would work on, like buh, mm -hmm. like I'm gonna have to start at like just making sure you can just even you know interact with me are you playing appropriately if i give you a car are you going to go like this or are you just going to throw it at me okay. you know so exactly. just basically just using like two and a half year old items and just seeing how they interact seeing what their strengths are and how we can expand what they're really good at mm -hmm. so that could be you know me bringing like these little toys and items and just really spending time with that child and just really trying to pull out language and language could also be just me getting them to say this is a ball can you point to the ball and they can point to it and exactly. teaching them that first before i even start to teach them how to say that word okay. so that was your speech pathology lesson let's of the go. night <laughs> let's go okay cool 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 i appreciate that so i mean that's something like if somebody wants to be a speech pathologist you know this is some of the things that you know they have to really understand like it's a i'm pretty sure it's a slow grind um and it takes a lot of patience so i want to thank you for being in this field because I'm pretty sure you know patience is one of your strong suits uh, especially when working with kids um, what are some of the things that you know that you find difficult in your job like things that you wish like if there was a better process for this or like I wish we did this you know what I'm saying or I wish we had help on this I would say definitely when you're a speech therapist in a school, you're like pulling kids out the classroom. And one thing that they don't a lot of people don't realize is that there's a lot of paperwork. Mm. <laughs> like there's definitely a lot of meetings, a lot of documentation, a lot of IEPs, which are like pages and pages long that you have to fill out. You have to document everything. So I would say definitely a, like someone to just kind of help organize that. And there's just a lot. There's a lot of paperwork. Like it looks like off fun and games literally you might you know it's like oh they're in speech and they're playing a board game and then it's like you know that, that speech therapist the school might get out at 2 15 that woman might be there it's like 4 30 just like filling out stuff right. so and when you're in the school you're not getting no overtime or anything so you're yes. like salary this is what you make so you stay here till seven o'clock at night if you want we're not paying you more so there's just like I said, like on my YouTube, I did a video of like pros and cons. Like there's just, I feel like that's what everything, that nothing is going to just be perfect. So it's like, you have to just accept like, okay, I know if I'm in this setting, I know there's a lot of documentation. There's a lot that I'm going to have to write, but I know that I might get paid a little bit more or I might have to work longer hours. So it's always like, you just have to weigh it out. Especially for me, like I'm going, I'm in that, like I said, I just got my master's. So I'm in that in-between phase of like, applying to jobs, deciding where I want to live, deciding what like what setting I want to go to, even though kind of now I've decided. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Gotcha. So <laughs> it's a lot to think about. You know what I'm saying? You're you moving on to the next chapter, um, and it's just a, a, a lot going on at this point in time. So um, I had a question, and it went blank. But I will ask, what makes you good at what you do? Why? You know what I'm saying? Like, what makes you the person that's like, now nah, I'm really dope at what I do. Like, I'm built for this. I'm made for this. Yeah, I would definitely say my personality because just like how I've been talking to you, like, I'm very, like, energetic, very smiling. And this is how I talk to all of my clients. I've worked with um, someone that had a stroke. I worked with a 76-year-old man um, last sem fall semester of graduate school. And, like, I'm not going to... 
I don't want to say I'm not going to talk to him the same way I talk to a two-year-old, but I'm still, like, just very energetic. So, like, the yeah. way I'm talking to the 76-year-old, me and this three-year-old, we're going to, like, I'm going to still have that same energy, same smile, like, yeah. and that's just me. And that could be, like I said, I cheered for 18 years, so I'm already on, like, <laughs> like happy, like, vibes all the time. Exactly. Like, that's just me all the time. So, I think when I'm, like, in my field, I kind of still have that same, like, chilly, like, all right, so today we're, like, you know, yeah. that same hypeness. Okay, cool. That's what's up. So, obviously, if you're listening, watching, if you want to, you know, kind of get in this career path, get in this field, um, make sure, she already said patience. Um, number two is the energy has to be there. You know, you're treating all your patients, clients the same. Um, you know, you don't see, you know, all you see is their problem and you trying to help them solve their problem. Like, any other issues outside of that, because I know you probably deal with parents, you deal with family members, and that can sometimes play a part too. Maybe parents don't think that you're operating with their kids the right way. Like there's so many different things that can probably come into your day-to-day of work. Um, but those are the main things that kind of keep you, that makes you great at what you do. Now, my question that I do, did remember is, is this career path, would you say is heavily saturated? And then also what type of, is there a lot of us in this career path? Okay, so to answer the first part of that question, no, because it's very, it's not heavy saturated because it's very much in demand. Like I said, it's still, it's not new, um, but it's definitely something that we're, there's always a need. Another reason why I love this field is because you always have a job. No matter what state, no matter where you live, there's always a need for a speech pathologist in schools and hospitals and nursing homes. So definitely we need more. Um, the statistics say that 8% of speech pathologists are minorities and then 3% of that are black. Wow. So it is a very small percentage of us. I actually went to an event in DC this past November, which was black SLP magic. And it was just all like black speech pathologists from all over. And it was amazing. Awesome. So when we get together and it's hundreds of us, it feels like, wow, we have such a community. But then when we're like, oh, but I live in California. Oh, I live in New York. Oh, I live in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we're spread it's out, but it's like, it's good when we can all come together because it is such a small amount of us and it is such a small community. And then good thing, like, you know, we have things like Instagram and Facebook where we all can like continue to network and stay in touch and talk about things that we're going through. Like, you know, I've had to deal. And I love that because I've also worked in a lot of inner cities. I worked in Philadelphia. I worked in Camden, New Jersey. And it's like, it's good when they see that representation because mm -hmm. a lot of things with speech, like, you know, I feel like when I'm working with like my African-American clients, they understand certain things that I know that my like white coworkers may not get. And yeah. I even noticed that when I was in my externship in Charleston this past semester i'm like oh he says that because this is you know yeah what is the word the colloquialisms or code switching you know yeah, yeah. so just like oh okay cool <laughs> but that's why you need us for yeah. us to talk to our children the yeah. way that they understand definitely definitely need that um need more people like you um in that career path so i'm glad i asked that question um, and then, so if you can believe it or not, we've been talking for about 50 minutes. Um, it, it, it flew by fast. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. Like I've learned so much, um, about being a speech pathologist. Um, and I hope that any child person that's listening to this and they have a, a knack, a niche for what you do, 
or they feel like you know that's a calling for them i hope that they can listen to this pick up on their you know on their calling and just find their purpose and then obviously you know um you know go forward i want to spend the last couple of minutes talking about um your a little bit of your extracurriculars right so you talked about being an author uh, a book how did that how did that come about um and why did you feel like you needed to create a book so it kind of ties into like what i was just saying when i was living in massachusetts i know i live in a lot of states <laughs> i was living Everywhere. in massachusetts and once again um it was kind of the same thing like i had a lot of minorities well that time i actually had a lot of minority students and i noticed that like a lot of the materials in the schools and in the classrooms like you just don't see us represented so mm -hmm. i wanted to have a black children's book but i think i wanted it for that all kids can read it and it's no disrespect there's a lot of amazing african-american children's books that talk about our hair our skin like all those things and i was like what about the just the children's books that are just regular children's books that are fun and I wanted to have them rhyme. So I always tell people, I feel like I'm like the black Dr. Seuss because okay. my children's books, they're rhyming stories yeah. and it's a series. So I have three of them and you know, that process for me was, I was just, you know, in my apartment, I was like, no, I'm going to write a book and they're pretty short. It's like 200 words, but it's perfect for the, like I said, like the eight and under crowd, they love it and it's rhyming. So it's easier to read, it's easier. And it's fun to just read with your little one. And yeah, so my goal is to have twenty books. And how's how's the people are like been been purchasing them and and, and everything's been kind of going yes. well. Yes, so I've been an author since two thousand and eighteen. Wow, I've yeah. sold like well over fifteen hundred books. I'm not on Amazon. I literally just a hundred percent on the www.jadaandjadaseries.com. That's me plugging myself in. Yeah, and. Um, it's a hundred percent like through me, a hundred percent owner. So I don't have to worry about like anybody taking 40% or anything. So yes, go the self-publishing routes. Anybody that wants to publish a book, yeah. it is very much possible. I found an illustrator through just like a friend mm -hmm. that I was talking to one day and she was like, Hey, I know someone that draws and I just hit her up and she's been my illustrator ever since. And yeah, so pretty much I love it. That's something else I'll probably definitely would love to do full-time just write children's books and sell them yeah. you know and work with kids that's dope the black dr seuss all right cool i love it i love it i love it black dr seuss i need to, i need to um check those out but um what i'll do is after after the um, podcast or whatever if you want to send me um all your social media handles and all of that good stuff that way i have them because it's going to be going across the screen as the videos you know anybody that's watching this on youtube whatever the case may have you It'll be in the description as well. So that way they can always stay in contact with you. Um, and if they need anything, maybe they have a question, reach out to you and see what's up. Um, I would say um, I, I had this, as far as, um, what's the question I want to ask? Okay, here we go. So what is some advice um, that you would give to someone trying to find their passion you know like what's what's some advice i know that's a very broad kind of tough question but i want to help people figure out figure out that niche kind of like how you did so what's you know what's some good advice write down everything that you love doing but right just write it down i'm a big journaling person i know being an author but i would definitely say what do you love doing like what do you get excited is that fashion do you love doing hair and also like um, I believe in like when you do 
something you love, you never work a day in your life. Like mm-hmm. that's a big quote to live by. So think of like, what would you do for free? Right. You know, I know everybody's like, how would everyone do just something all day for free? But it's like, what do you just enjoy doing? Yeah. And I would definitely say, just write that down. Like write the things that you like doing. And for me, like I said, I like being around people. I like making things. I like being creative. I like having fun, you know, someone that's probably like super shy and doesn't really want to work and talk to people all day might want to do something that's more, you know, they sit behind a desk or sit behind a computer. So they might find something that they like, you know, that's more entertaining for them, but definitely write down what you would do for free or what you just find joy in doing. For sure. Appreciate that. That's a good gem. Big gym um, that's being dropped, um, and we appreciate it. Last thing before you go, I need two recommend a recommendation. Somebody I can talk to, somebody that fits the mold of the podcast. This is how we keep everything going. Just like yourself, you will recommend it. So somebody thought very highly of you and thought you. Oh were, wow, really? And, and thought you were a super uh, dope person. So um, I would love to just kind of get you to pass it forward. Um, and, you know, see if we can get somebody. Uh, well, I know we can get them, but just let me know who it would be that you would recommend, and I'll get them on you. Okay. Uh, okay, wait. I have to say their names right now. <laughs> you don't have to. I know I put you on the spot. You don't have to. Oh, I but- would definitely say, ooh, okay. So I would definitely say, I know this is, what's the word? Nepotism? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was about to name my little sister. <laughs> um, Maury Washington, she actually is really amazing. She's an editor. Okay. Um, she edits my books, and she also lives in Rhode Island, which is very unique. You should ask her about that journey. Because okay. I know you probably don't know anybody that lives in Rhode Island. No. <laughs> so just like, I feel like it's pretty cool when you talk to people that live in different states. Um, and she works at Providence College, so she's also works... Um, with people that are like ESL and the diversity. And you can talk to her about that because she also working, go, she went to Claflin and then going from Claflin to working at a school that's very not yeah. diverse. She's explains a lot, talks a lot about that. So that could be something very interesting, that transition of being a student and then being an employee at a very unique university. And it's also Catholic school. So like how you said, Christian school, she also can talk about the rules and Regulation. Being on the other end as an employee. Yeah. But um, so definitely her. I'll give you her information. Yeah. And I will recommend, I want to say both my sisters because that's kind of, but I have another girl that's from New Jersey too. She's a nurse. Her okay. name is Keanu Lewis. So I would say her too. Gotcha. That'll be dope. So if we can, if you can send me those, their information and let them know, like, hey, I just did this podcast with this guy or mine. Not, you know, cool podcast, great purpose um but he gonna hit you up he's gonna ask to see if you want to be a part if they say no that's totally fine if they say yes that's great as well but um if you could just send me that information i'll reach out to him um and we'll go from there but other than that i hope you have fun yes i know it's like dark hair you're in texas houston yeah i don't know why i thought you were in you thought i was in where south carolina no, I thought you were in New York because I just saw your hat and the Biggie okay. stuff. Nah, I don't even talk like I'm from New York, so I can't. I just no, no I didn't even hear you talk at first. I just saw like when you came on here, I was like, oh, see in New York. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, but nah, I just like the hat. The hat's pretty cool. Um, and then my man over here, Biggie. I just you know he's he's dope to me. Kind of like one of the one of my top favorite artists. So, but I, I'm not from New York. I'm from South Carolina, but I live in Houston. Um, it's been a ball. Love it. 
Um, and so it's great. But other than that, I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It wasn't Yay! too bad. Um, I, when did you graduate uh, state undergrad? When did I graduate? Yeah. I graduated 2016. Cool, cool, cool. Do you know a cheerleader by the name of Jada McCrory at all? Jalen? Jada? McCrory. Oh, Jada McCr Oh, yeah, because he said you're from Rock Hill. Yeah. And she's from Rock Hill. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I, I didn't know. Yeah. And I know KP. Or K Deja Patterson. KP. Yeah, KP. Yeah, 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 yeah. So her mom actually taught uh taught us in high school. So her mom was uh Jada's mom? KP. Or KP's mom. Oh, KP. and KP also lives in Houston, also. She does. Yep, she does. So it's 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 pretty cool. I, I I know those guys just because we went to high school together. So we all went to the same high school. Um, but I just had to ask. But other than that, I'm gonna let you go. Yes, and they were both cheerleaders. Yeah, both cheerleaders. <laughs> exactly. All right, thank All right. you so much. It was so fun. No problem. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll talk to you. I'll let you know when the episode is going to drop. Um, you'll, you'll probably see me just because I'm going to tag you in it and everything, but um, can't wait to edit it and chop it up and make sure it looks good. Okay. Yes, thank you. No problem. See you. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.